Welcome, Blazers fans, to the Blazer Focus Podcast. I am Aaron Fentress here, and this is the day after Yusuf Nurkic went down. Actually, he didn't go down. He just walked off the court with a broken wrist. Truly a freakish kind of injury given how it happened. I didn't even notice anything was wrong with Nurkic until he left the court because he simply reached in to swipe at the ball while Malcolm Brogdon was was uh, driving to the basket for Indiana. It, it was really bizarre on many different levels that that resulted in an injury, but it did. It is a broken wrist, according to The Athletic, uh, which is reporting uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, Nurkic will undergo surgery, and that means he will be out up to eight weeks, which when you think about it, that's pretty much what you would expect six to eight weeks for something like that. Uh, you know, it's definitely difficult for both him and the team, given how much he's been through with the broken leg and the death of his grandmother last summer and trying to work his way back into shape and dealing with other personal issues, heading into training camp back home. Uh, so yeah, tough for him. And, you know, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum all expressed empathy for his situation. Uh, and Terry Stotts was clearly distraught last night. I shouldn't say distraught, but clearly visibly upset and bothered by the situation following the team's 111-87 loss. It was clear that that loss at that moment meant nothing to those guys uh, beyond, oh, they lost a basketball game. There's another one coming up Saturday against the Hawks. Uh, they were far more concerned with the fact that Nurkic was injured again. Clearly, he's a, a, a you know, a very well respected and loved teammate on that team. And they just hate, they expressed all this. They hate to see this happen to him. But again, we're talking eight weeks. You know, it's, it's mid January right now. We're talking about mid February or excuse me, mid March. I can't count my months. Mid March, there'll be tons of season left. He can still keep himself, you know, relatively conditioned, you know, along the way because he didn't hurt anything below the waist. Uh, so when he comes back, he can probably get back to close to where he was and still work his way into prime conditioning and prime basketball precision, so to speak, by the time the playoffs roll around. Anyway, uh, I am going to have on now uh, Joe Freeman, who covered the Blazers for 14 years. And he covered the Blazers in 2019 when they went to the West Finals after losing Nurkic in March of 19 to his broken leg. And the center on that team just happened to be and it's Cantor, who ended up starting the rest of the year, or most of the rest of the year after Nurkic went down. And it just so happens that Mr. Cantor is currently on this Blazers roster. So that's a stroke of good fortune for this team. They can plug him in at center. Uh, they can also you know, play some small lineups with Covington at center, which is what they did against Toronto that led them to their comeback. So anyway, let's uh, check out my segment now with Joe Freeman. All right, now I'm welcoming in Joe Freeman to the Blazer Focus podcast to talk about the Yusuf Nurkic situation. Uh, definitely uh, a big loss for the Blazers, clearly. We don't know exactly yet the timetable on this. Every website I've looked at, medical websites, of course, because I'm doing my proper research, say anything from six to 10 weeks, or if he has surgery, it could be longer. Uh, but you've covered this thing for a long time. How much does it hurt losing him besides the obvious? Because they do have Ennis Cantor, and they won with him before. Yeah, well, first of all, I mean, if we could just back up and, and look at this from the human perspective, uh, it's 
you know, for Nurkic, it's it's really sad and, and in a lot of ways unjust. Not that an injury to anybody is is just, but um, y- you look at what this guy's gone through with obviously just suffering as gruesome a leg injury as as you'll see right before his team was kind of poised for a special postseason run, and then to to kind of fight back, um, you know, and and overcome that to have his breakout in the bubble, and then you know, kind of loses grandma in the bubble. And obviously he's got some other family issues going on. He's dealt with, you know, tragedy and injury. And on top of all that, he was just kind of finally starting to, to get his flow again and, and kind of work his way back after being out of shape. So for all that, you, you really feel bad for, for a guy who's, who's a good dude. Right. Um, but you know, from a basketball standpoint, it's, it's a crusher. You, you can't sugarcoat this. Uh, now it's a deep team. So it's not a back-breaking blow, uh, but for a player who was just kind of, again, starting to find his footing, starting to get back into shape, starting to kind of feel his way through a, a different starting lineup and a different rotation, um, it's it's certainly untimely, and it's not going to help him, of course, in the long run. But again, this guy is, is just a vital piece uh, of this franchise, especially on defense. He is the anchor of a defense that is trying to go from one of the worst in the league to the to the middle of, middle of the pack, and this is going to be a, a a big blow to that. Uh, no matter how much time how much time he misses, so um, you know it, it. His chemistry with Dame, we've talked about in the past, is so important to the offense. He balances the offense out. He's just really um, among the two way centers in the league, and among the guys who have as um, how do I want to say this as important impact on their team's, you know, success, uh, Nurkic is as good or as important as any center in the league. And so, again, you, it's not a back-breaking blow, uh, but it's going to be a problem for this team. Yeah. And he was just starting to turn the corner. It seemed like he had his best game, as far as I'm concerned, at Sacramento, looked more aggressive, looked more assertive and assured of what he wanted to do in that game. Now, the whole team got smacked around last night. Like, Indiana looked more physical, tougher. They Nurk was not having a good game, so it does raise you know the question of how good can they really be against more physical teams that have a lot of bigs who are athletic as well. But that's another question for another day. But still, like you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to me the fact that the last time they lost him like this, they went to the West Finals. They had Cantor, and oh by the way, look who they have on the roster. Cantor, so you covered that team. What can they replicate from that run now with the roster they have around Dame, CJ, and Cantor at center? Well, it's definitely a different roster. Right. Uh, obviously, different starting lineup, different different pieces in the rotation. But uh, that familiarity can only help. Um, and and you know, Cantor has been a starting center in this mm-hmm. league, and he was a starting center for the bulk of of that playoff run. Um, obviously, he played through a, a, a banged up shoulder for most of that, but he was very effective offensively. Now, right. defensively is is where it's going to be a, a problem for a team that that already was an issue, uh, an issue. And for that nineteen so, defensive team was pretty solid, wasn't it? Didn't it rank top half or uh, yeah, top ten yeah. or something in it, rating? Yeah, it was. It was a solid. Yeah. Def- it was one of the better defensive teams, and and especially with Nurkic in, in the mix. Um, and you know that was a team that had Alfred Camino and and Mo Harkless, and so again a different kind of team right. and a healthy Zach Collins, which this magnifies even yeah. more, uh, you, you know, his, his injury, of course, but, um, yeah, it helps. And, and also, and I know we're, we'll probably at some point talk about, you know, the opportunity that awaits Harry Giles jr. But, or, or the third, but 
I mean, this is why general managers uh, stack their team with death. Right. There are going to be injuries. They happen, especially in Portland, <laughs> especially with sinners. I mean, if we've learned anything yeah. over the last 40 years or 50 or wherever we're at now in life, that that's, that's where, uh, that's the case for this franchise. So uh, it's a franchise that has weathered numerous injuries uh, over the year. As Dame said, it, it's always something or, or whatever he said last night, it always seems to be something. Um, you know, it's a, a team that's dealt with Wesley Matthews injuries and, and well, I don't, we don't need to go on down the line of, of injuries. You're going to make people turn us off, man. He starts taking them down these dark memory lane here. <laughs> yeah. We'll go way back to 78 with Bill Walton if you really want to get crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it's a, and that's why I say it's not a crushing blow. It's not a backbreaking blow because this team does have pretty good depth. Ennis Cantor, uh, a starting caliber center with with you know endless experience, uh, including playoff experience. Harry Giles Jr. is hung, or God, I keep calling him Junior because of all the other juniors <laughs> on the team. We'll just say, we'll just say Harry Giles. Harry Giles HG3, is hungry man. HG3. for <laughs> There you go, HG three. He's hungry for an opportunity now. He's going to get it. Um, and, you know, he, he played well during the, the preseason. He had Blazers fans uh, salivating to, to see more, which now they will. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the canter helps. It's, it's certainly a coincidence that last time Nurkic had a big injury, he was, he was a force in that. But um, we don't know how much time, um, you know, Nurkic is going to miss, of course. A, a guy who really follows uh, NBA injuries well, and he has for about a decade, his name's Jeff Stotts, and I would encourage – any NBA fan to follow him on Twitter, it's at in street clothes. Um, and I think he has a website in street clothes.com, but he's, uh, he has data for injuries and so forth on down the line for years. He said that, uh, the average loss time for an in season wrist fracture that requires surgery is 32 games. If the surgery is not required, the time is cut in half to 16 games. So we'll be awaiting, uh, you know, word on whether or not Nurkic needs surgery, the severity of the injury, you know, and I don't like to speculate on these sorts of things because uh, I'm a, not a doctor and I don't play even play one on TV. But it, the, as you said, it was such a weird. Or maybe it was before we started recording. It didn't look like much. You would have missed that he even hurt himself when you watched the game live, and that kind of makes me hopeful that it's just like yeah. a hairline thing or kind of like a a minor thing as opposed to like a major wrist fracture. So. Um, you know, I hate to get optimistic about injuries for, for fans, but I mean, let's, let's hope for something like that. You are listening to the blazer focus podcast. We'll be right back after a short break. So you mentioned Collins, obviously Collins has to be sitting there going, I could be starting center right now. <laughs> and so that's frustrating mm-hmm. for him, obviously. Uh, but let's, let's talk more about Giles. Cause you remember I was big on them getting Giles and I, I love the young talented prospect project who has been casted off by another team. Let's go get him, And we can, I'm, I'm that guy. If I were a GM, I'd like, I'd have four guys on my roster like that every year in fantasy. Be like, what's he doing? Um, so I love the fact that he got him, but. It, there's a huge difference between dominating in a preseason game that no one cares about and being able to function in a high leverage uh, NBA game against other good bigs. Like I, I think the reason why he hasn't been playing that much is because he's not ready. I think Stoss sees that in practice. I, I'm willing to bet if we saw practice that Cantor and Nurkic are just dominating him because he's just not ready. He's a project. So let me ask you in a little bit that you've seen him, 
what's realistic in terms of how much he could actually help this team, A, in games that matter, and B, against other good bigs who are going to be able to uh, basically take him to school because they're just better and, and more experienced. Well, I have to to say it's a big question mark. It, it is an unknown, and and I think uh, that's what we're going to see over the next you know x amount of games, x amount of weeks. We don't really know what HG three <laughs> has to offer because we haven't seen him play very often. And I put little to no stock into what I see uh, in the exhibition season. Uh, rarely does it translate. Uh, it, you know, moving forward into the regular season. Um, but he's definitely athletic. He can contribute in, in a variety of ways. I, I can't remember. He had that ridiculous outing where he, you know, stuffed like five different uh, stats categories and, and kind of hand a hand. And a, right, right. And, and um, you know, he, he can block shots. He can, he's active on the perimeter because he's so athletic and, and kind of long and lanky too, which is, which is uh, rare for a big. Um, so he'll bring a different kind of dimension. He'll kind of, in a way, compliment Cantor, who's really, you know, interior focused and an inside kind of guy. Um, the good news is that uh, barring some something crazier happening, he's not going to start. And so he will be playing against other backup bigs. Uh, so it's not like he's, for the most part, going to be facing all-star caliber big man or, impo- you know, the most imposing big man uh, uh, on the other team. So that'll help. Uh, but also, you know, let us not forget that this is 2021 and the NBA is is not Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal's NBA. And so a big man is not as vital as it once was. Now, the Blazers have kind of gone against that grain and tried to lean into the big men in recent years. Uh, Neil Olshay really has an affinity for trying to, to stack as many bigs as he can, going on back to try to sign, uh, you know, Roy Hibbert <laughs> and uh, Andre Drummond. And then, you know, Ennis Cantor, this is now the third time he's tried to sign him or or bring him to the team. So he, he does have an affinity for that, but there's a lot of different ways uh, Terry can go. Um, so again, a question mark, what are we going to see out of, out of HG three? Um, I'm as curious uh, as the next guy, but with this opportunity, every NBA guy says they sure. just need an opportunity. And right now he's about to get his. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he'll be average. I think he can give you maybe eight to 10 minutes. I think he get exposed anything further than that. I just don't believe he's ready. Even the time he's been out there, it's like, he's okay. Um, he's just, he's still a puppy though. Like, was he 21 or something like that? But this leads me to, well, okay. Let's start. Let's go here first. The smaller lineup mm-hmm. option. Now against Toronto, they went small in the fourth quarter with Covington at center, Melo at the four, Trent at the three, Damon CJ. Uh, now, they all said that they did that because Toronto was playing small and they could counter as, as a good matchup for them. I'd be curious to see not only them doing that against teams where it's a good matchup, which Dame said uh, last night that, you know, it all depends on what type of lineup they're going up against. But I don't see why sometimes they won't force the issue with their own small, small lineup and make other people match up with them because Covington is experienced at playing the center. He did it with Houston. Uh, with the type of game they were playing. And if you have, if your, your goal is to shoot a lot of threes this year, I mean, they're second in the league in three point attempts. You got Dame, CJ, Trent, you know, and then I don't care who you put the four and, and, and Covington at the five, run and gun. No. Well, it, it, you know, Terry likes to play small and he's used small lineups with lots of success, uh, in the past. And I expect him to lean into that as much as he can, especially if the Ennis Cantor, uh, HD three combination doesn't work out. And so 
that's the good thing is he does have options and shoot half the league plays small, if not three quarters to more of the league plays small, if not regularly, routinely, um, or, or often now. So that will be an option, no question. And maybe their best option, the lineup you just mentioned, I, I like, I think it's a great option. And, you know, Rocco had stretches last year, uh, with Houston in which he was their center, you know, when they had that small lineup built around James Harden, which by the way, we're going to have to get into this whole James Harden conversation. I don't know if we need to do it now or we need to do it in our next video uh, podcast. But, what what I do? Well, you had this big thing about whether we should <laughs> trade CJ for James Harden and you had this 10-minute rant about how you got to sell the farm for James Harden and give up anybody and everybody. He's a former MVP. And then you saw and then you saw my tweet. Oh, you tweet about no, you, you can't give up James Harden, <laughs> CJ for James Harden. What are you talking? Look at how fat he Look is. And he's out of shape and <laughs> like dude we just had this thing, and I just sat there and let you go off on a rant for 10 minutes just shaking my head like he doesn't even know what he's saying. Okay. Okay, frame it. Frame it. Things change. Variables 48 change. 48 hours. Things change. No, it wasn't 48 hours. I watched that guy. I watched that guy come to Portland after not doing anything and go 44 and 17 against Portland. It was phenomenal, okay? So clearly he's amazing. But when I saw the video of him Three weeks later, warming up, looking like he had eaten like eight cheeseburgers that morning. I'm Wait. like, how is he not in better shape? Well, I was like, how is he not in better shape in three weeks? He doesn't care. He looks like a bunch of tendons waiting to pop. So, and plus by that time too, CJ, cause remember the Houston game was game two. CJ was killing it. So then I'm like, well, I'm not going to trade CJ and stuff for fat Harden. And notice they didn't get Kyrie back. They, well, they didn't want Kyrie back. I should put, point out, but I don't think they got all that much. For Harden. So the best player or Harden, excuse me, McCollum's a better player than anything they got from the Nets. So clearly they probably may, maybe Portland could have gotten him and given him a bunch of picks. I don't know. But at that point, I'm like, wait, Harden's, Harden's fat, doesn't care. And CJ's playing the best basketball of his life. So at that point, no, but there's different variables, but now, man. But, Things but change, my, my point in all that was that <laughs> Harden brings a lot of baggage with him. And no, and he yes, doesn't he bring does. that much You're baggage. Talking about he it does right not. Now. You just said well, he was I'm talking, but no, 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 no. Now he does. But when we were talking about it, I wasn't. That stuff didn't bother me. Him wanting out. When we did our video, him wanting out wasn't a problem for me. We don't need to go too much more in this. You're, you're, <laughs> you, it sounds like it sounds like you've been waiting for this for like two, like a week or something no, since I tweeted no, that. You've been like, I'm gonna get Fentress. I, like, I can't wait. Be, I'm getting Fentress. You gotta be kidding me after me listening. But I explained why. But, but okay. Anyway, even, okay, even, we digress. Real quick, real we quick, digress. Quick. <laughs> this is you knew. At, I love it. By at the, the way. point that we talked, that <laughs> Howard out of he wanted Dwight Howard, he ran him out. He wanted uh, Chris Paul, he ran him out. He wanted Westbrook, he ran him out. He keeps running out of. There's one common theme among all these All Star players. One guy is disgruntled and needs something different, and is presumably causing trouble behind the scenes. And everybody else goes away. So that's all I'm gonna say. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Unless you want to yeah, retort, I, I have to count. I have, <laughs> I have to counter. Howard has been an issue other places. So has Paul, and so has Westbrook. So it can't all be on Harden. Anyway, it didn't happen. He didn't come here. I will. T- I will take. I will take my medicine. Uh, that's fine. To, I'll take back it. Back to I'll what we're it. supposed to be talking <laughs> about. My bad. My yeah, bad. where were we? Where were we? Where were we anyway? I kind of forget. Oh, I was talking about Rocco in Houston, and then I, I started thinking about yeah. So, so I mean, Rocco, he he, <laughs> he he played center last year for Houston on a on a team that right. went to the playoffs and in the playoffs, and so uh, you know he's 
he has experience doing it. I don't know what his willingness and comfort level at doing that regularly is. I, I obviously haven't spoken to him about that, um, but it is a nice option uh, for the Blazers, who, again, this is a terrible, uh, it's a terrible injury for Nurkic. It's a terrible injury for Rip City having to go through this again. It's going to hurt the Blazers. It's not, in my opinion, going to crush their playoff hopes or crush their chances oh, yeah. at They're having a good to the playoffs. Yeah, or even having a good yeah. season. They can navigate this and get by with a lot of success without them. Now, if they're going to need to make or if they're going to make postseason noise, they're going to need a healthy Nurkic in the in the in the in the fold. And so, and he should be back by then. I mean, and he, yeah, like I said, this this could easily be six to eight weeks. Exactly. I mean, I would you know a couple months, let's say, and that's a big chunk of the season now because yeah. the games are condensed and and there's you know and all that stuff. But um, you know, there's a built in break around the All Star break for for COVID and all that stuff. And uh, so anyway, uh, again, it, it's. It sucks, but it's not a crusher. It's not a backbreaker for this team, a season ender. So do you think they should hit the market and trade for someone, not just though, to get them, you know, through the time that Nurkic is out, but maybe you try and target someone who is going to challenge for starting minutes because you think to yourself, is Nurkic going to ever be able to remain healthy? And, and that's not fair because you're talking about a fluke wrist thing, the leg thing. He's obviously healed from that. But, you know, with Collins being banged up, maybe you try and go out and get another viable big and maybe you give up assets to do it. You know, I'm I'm, I'm going to say this again because it's starting to irritate me. And the Anthony Simons thing to me is just crazy. Like, if he's really good, if you believe he's really good, you should be able to flip him into an asset because that means some other teams will think he's really good too. And if you don't want to give him up because he's too good to give up, then play the damn man. The whole thing doesn't make any sense. Well, who's he going to play over? Wasting that. Well, it's not a matter of oh, I, I hear you totally, but he's just some nights he's not getting any minutes at all. To play over right now on the who do you think he should be playing over? Well, no, it's, it's not a matter of over. Is that he can't get he can't get eight minutes? That's what I'm saying. So if Trent, if Trent, Dame, and CJ are playing the bulk of the 96 minutes, are we saying you can't take you know two from each of them and give him six? I don't know. I'm just saying he's just some nights he's not playing at all. Now, granted, though, last night he was 0 for 5. But I think my bigger picture point here is that if he is legitimately going to be a good player, it's not going to be here because he's trapped behind the greatest backcourt in the league, evidently, because how dare I suggest otherwise. So trade him and go right now and get yourself a young, you know, power forward of comparable talent. Well, I mean, I don't know how the organization – to my knowledge, the organization has not changed its stance on on Anthony Simons. Neil Olshay right. is incredibly like high him. on him. They love him. And, and you know, you're looking three, four seasons down the road, two, three, four seasons, whatever down the road, you know, you're going to need some young uh, some young talent on a team that's going to start So you're going to waste this guy for five years? No one wants to sit around for five years. Plus, in five years, you're going to have to start paying him up. His rookie contract is going to expire. You're going to have to start paying the dude. Well, I'm not so- saying that he's not a guy that if the right deal comes along, they're going to say there's no way I'm going to trade him. I'm just right. saying that, you know, until that deal comes along, why, why do you – you're not just going to give away a guy for nothing. Uh, one thing that is is pretty clear about this team so far, uh, I don't know how many games we're in, 10, 11, 12, wherever we're at in the season. Um, they need to have Dame or CJ on the court at, at all times. And and it's – when both of them are off the court, it, it tends to be a bad a bad thing. And so 
that's why the lineups are, are staggered as they are, because to win and have success, they need to have one of those guys on the court um, as they have so often uh, through the years. And so um, back, yeah, you could probably carve out six to eight minutes for a guy, but what is that going to do for him? That's not going to necessarily help him develop a guy barely gets any rhythm in that uh, amount of time and gets in the flow. By the time he finally does, he's, he's checking out. So, um, you know, it, it kind of goes back to where we started with, with Harry Giles. It's like, he's about to get an opportunity because somebody got hurt. Well, maybe Anthony Simons will get an opportunity, uh, down the road, but, uh, we veered into a uh, detour there to begin with. And I don't know where we started, but <laughs> Um, well, okay. Oh, trade we started, targets. No, I don't. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I not, deviated. My bad. Yeah, no, you're all good. It's, <laughs> it's allowable as a podcast. Um, <laughs> it, it is of my opinion that mm. this team doesn't need to make a move to uh, okay. to, to stay afloat and to, to have success moving forward. I, you don't go out and, and do something stupid, uh, you know, to jeopardize what you have uh, for knee, for a knee jerk thing. This isn't a guy who's going to miss the rest of the season. Again, most likely he's going to miss a month or two. Um, you know, presumably we don't, we don't know what the, the results are going to be, of course, but, um, and, and again, a general manager builds a team with this, not necessarily this exact thing, but with injuries in mind. And one of the things that we have been, uh, you know, touting about this team is their depth and their talent, uh, in that depth. And so I think the team is, is it's, it's going to be a blow, but it's not going to be debilitating. They'll still be able to win and, and uh, have success through this. I, I don't think they need to make a, a deal to survive this. I hear you. So real you disagree quick, about- or, you, or you're fine with that. No, no, I, I don't, I don't totally disagree, but I'm, I'm starting to wonder a little bit about the depth because you're not playing Simons. Uh, Hood has not looked good at all. Collins is out for a while, and now Nurkic is out. So those four are off the board. So now, now wait a minute, depth? wait a minute though. Simons isn't off the board. He's he's depth. I know. Well, Don't I'm play okay. fifteen guys. You have depth no. He, okay, I, he, he's depth, but he's not in the regular rotation. So I'm talking about the, the main bulk of guys. So now you're really down to um, Dame, CJ, Trent, Jones, Covington, Mello, Cantor. Who am I missing? And Giles. And hood. I mean, yeah, did you say hood? I, well, I'm taking. Well, hood's not. Hood's struggling. Yeah, but he's still some, a, you're talking play, about the depth. So yeah. right, he's, right. I know, but I'm talking about he's not. He's not giving. He's not giving them what he gave them last year. He, I'm, I'm comparing. I'm comparing to coming into the season. Coming to the season, like, oh, we're 11, 12 deep. This is amazing. And now I'm saying, well, four guys are either not contributing, injured, or unreliable. And then now you're down to the seven I just mentioned, including Giles. And Giles is a big question mark. So you really are starting to lose some of that depth. So you, in terms of, okay, you're starting to lose viable, impactful depth because of injuries or bad performance. So that's why I'm you wondering, have the, that's why you have the depth in general though. That, like, that's, right. But they're not, but they're not producing is what I'm saying. Two guys are now hurt. Hood's not playing well. Anthony Simons hasn't played well to get on the court and Giles wasn't even in the rotation, but now Giles is going to play, but is he really going to be an impact? I don't know. So what I'm saying is that right now you pretty much have seven viable, legitimate, in the rotation, like if they played a playoff game tomorrow, they'd play those seven guys. I don't think Giles will see the court. It'll be Dame, CJ, Trent, Jones, Covington, Mello, and Nurk. I mean, excuse me, and uh, Cantor. I don't think the other guys see the floor. So that's what I'm saying. So you're starting to get a little. It's starting to get a little tight in terms of guys you trust and who are available. So there might be 
value in going out and not only getting a big just to bridge the gap for when Nurt comes back, but to just to get a big to have another body that's that you can rely on in the rotation, uh, an adult pro who you know can play the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're. I hear what you're saying, and to do that, it means you're going to give up on someone. You're either deciding that you're going to give up on Zach, or you're going to give up on Giles, or you're going to give up on, uh, on Simons or yeah, more some, draft some, picks. Right. <laughs> so you got to decide right now. You know what? How how do you feel about those guys? And and you're already talking about how it's tough to get Anthony minutes, and um, and Giles wasn't getting minutes, obviously. And so you add more guys here, and then in two months, you you're back to the problem you had you know two weeks ago even worse because now you've got even a deeper roster uh that you can't get guys minutes on right but in in what i'm saying i i would move simons for a good legitimate proven piece that is going to play because he's too good not to play that's what i'm saying well there you go so done I mean, I, I, I already said, like, I don't, I don't think they need to make a move. You think that you think they're good. Just stand in the patent. I think that's why back. you have, de- you don't. Okay. You build, a te- you build a team with depth, You lose a couple pieces. That's why you have depth. You don't then go try to build more depth because that's why you built depth. Eventually Nurkic will come back. Hopefully we don't know what's up with Zach. Hopefully he's able to come back. Um, I have no idea what's going on with the extent of his injury. So who, who knows where he's at, but you know, you, that's why you have, you signed, uh, Harry Giles. That's why you, uh, you know, brought in, in his canter, you have the depth and they have depth at pretty much every position. So, um, that's, that's what they planned for. And here we are with the wrong player, uh, at, at a bad time, but here we are nevertheless. True. Okay. Let's uh, close on this. Uh, let's say he's out for eight weeks. Um, do you think this team can remain above 500? Yes. Eight weeks. Yes. Okay. And and that's not looking at their schedule, but I mean they've got seven what seven home games coming up right now. Uh, uh, six six more in a row. Six more. In seven a row. starting with Indiana. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and then they so, go on the road for a wicked road trip. Yeah. And and you know that's life on the NBA. But uh, there's winnable games coming up at home. Uh, kind of get a chance to recalibrate. Uh, sleep in their own beds and and ideally get some some practice time, which has been a problem for this team all season. Um, and then go from there, but. You know, it's not as if this is the first time uh, that Portland has navigated this. It's not the first time they've had to navigate it without Nurkic. Uh, And it's certainly not the time this group, that Dame or CJ or any of the core pieces have had to navigate injuries uh, over the years. And they always they always find a way. And so, um, you know, I once covered a season which Jamal. uh, Oh, no, I'm messing up. Who's the uh, who's the Michigan Fab Five? not Weber, the uh, he signed with the then Bullets. Uh, out of, Jamal Mcglure. No, no, no. Yeah, I keep saying Jamal. No, it's uh, he's a coach at Michigan now. Juwan Howard. Howard. Juwan Howard. I watched a uh, a covered a season in which Juwan Howard, a fifty two year old Juwan Howard, was their starting center, and I think they won forty nine or fifty games. So it's like you know teams find a way, uh, and. The Blazers still have plenty of, of talent to to navigate this. And and so, yeah, going back, yeah, I think they can go over 500 and then some during this stretch. I agree. I, I'm really kind of fascinated to see what they do in terms of just saying, you know what, let's just make teams adjust to us. Let's run and gun, man. And Trent can play D. You could, you could put Jones at the four. They've even talked about doing that, Covington at the five, and just see if you can just run and bomb people out. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. Guys, and, and, you can you shoot know, the three, man. Going back to that, I think it's it's we're in a place where Terry Stotts has 
either had trouble or has wanted to get more playing time for Gary Trent, well, now you have an opportunity to go small more and get him yep. more minutes. And so, you know, you can go Dame CJ, Trent, Jones, and, and Rocco, or mix, you know, Mello in that uh, rotation as well. There's, again, a lot of options here. And um, I my hunch is they keep going how they're going uh, with Cantor, just moving Cantor up and then sliding Giles into that backup spot, see how that goes. And then with the option to go small as they choose, and then whatever works best, whatever seems to click and gel fastest, they'll just start going in, in that direction. Cause whatever plan Terry and his staff come with for uh, the next game, you might not see three or four games from now because it's going to be sort of, you know, seeing what works and mixing and matching combinations uh, a little bit on the fly here for a little bit. All right. Cool. Well, I think that's enough for this topic. Uh, you know, the Blazers have a chance to survive this, and we'll get word later on how long Nurkic is going to be out. Definitely bad news for the Blazers, but like you said, that's why they have depth, so maybe they can weather the storm. Joe, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. What do you got going on the rest of the day? Just kidding. <laughs> I've got an interview with a uh, uh, an NAIA college basketball player who is upset that her uh, teams are not allowed to play during the coronavirus. So uh, oh. stay tuned for that. Since you asked, that's what I have. <laughs> <Yeah. about> 33 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs>